Welcome to Married by Design. Have you ever thought about how influenced and affected you are by the things that you set your mind on? We can often allow things to capture our attention without thinking about the impact that it has on the way that we live and our attitudes during this year of 2020. That's what we're going to be looking at on this episode of Married by Design. The purpose of the Married by Design podcast is to encourage couples to enjoy all that God desires in their marriage relationship. Welcome back to our show. We have been looking at how a couple can help each other to work through all the challenges that we face in 2020. It really is us versus 2020. When we talk about us, we're referring to the husband and wife relationship and how God has put you together to encourage each other and to support each other. We looked at the concept of the power of us from Ecclesiastes 4 and the different ways that we can and we should support each other. In the last episode, we looked at the idea that the way we use our mind and the things that we set our minds on can have a profound effect on the way that we handle the issues that we are facing. Did you take some time in the last week to think about the things that you set your mind on and the effect it has on you? Have you decided to cut some of the Oreo cookies out of your mental diet, those things and ideas that lead to worry and discouragement, and to start focusing on ideas that will actually build you up and strengthen you through the challenges of life? Well, in today's episode, we're going to look at the other side of the coin. We looked in the last episode at the negative, detrimental things that we take into our minds that do affect the way that we live. In this this episode, we're going to turn the corner and look at all the positive things that we could choose to set our minds on. When we, by exercising our mental discipline muscles, focus on those things that will help us, It can be amazing how much better we can cope in our lives with the issues and respond to the needs around us. It is essential for us to choose carefully our thoughts and what we focus on in our minds. Let me give you an example of a man who chose carefully his thoughts and focus and as a result lived a powerful life. This living illustration of choosing what you meditate on is a breath of fresh air to those who tend to accept the lie that they are helpless against the negativity that fills fills their own minds. This disciplined thinker and those who follow his example is indeed a gentle, beautiful breeze and a scorched, arid desert. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament is such a cool breeze of reason and a pattern of someone free of the negative thoughts that could have resulted from his circumstances. I find it amazing that he wrote joy-filled letters to the Colossians and Philippians while he was in prison, facing death. It's amazing because there's so much optimism, so much concern for others, such a joy and encouragement for others. There's not the slightest hint of pessimism, struggle, or spiritual defeat. And Paul's remedy for his mind and his heart is clear. He gave the Philippians and the Colossians ample areas on which to focus their minds. Even though they were facing difficulties and their own persecution, he calls the Philippians repeatedly to rejoice in the Lord. He writes often of his hope and his love for them. He seems consumed with the person of Jesus Christ and the gospel that was changing lives. 
He writes with great enthusiasm about the gift of forgiveness through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross and the overwhelming hope that it gives. He writes of the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of believers that provides spiritual victory. The truth and the resulting hope bursts out of the pages of his letters and obliterates all other considerations. And his focus, while in a dismal prison, impacted others. He wrote of his influence on the Praetorian Guard in Philippians, much like the powerful example he and Silas had singing hymns at midnight in jail in Acts 16.25. Paul rejected thoughts that it would lead him to spiritual defeat. He chose instead to set his mind on what is good, what is right, what is lovely, Philippians 4.8. This is what he lived out and called the Philippians to practice. He wrote in Colossians 3.2 that they should set their minds on things above, not on things on the earth. Both of those verses emphasize choosing what to focus on and what truths to fix the mind on. Well, that's really important as we're looking at this year 2020 and even going into 2021. The concept is clear, and we neglect Paul's command, which is God's command, to our emotional and spiritual peril. It is the difference between life and death, hope and discouragement, faith and doubt, power or helplessness, and joy or grief. The choice is that simple. This is why throughout Scripture we see this theme of deciding what we think on. It is the concept of meditation. The Bible is replete with examples and encouragement toward controlling your thinking and meditation. This core discipline of the Christian life that yields so much is often overlooked by most Christians. If you were to ask many Christians if they meditate, you would probably get a questioning look or a blank stare. Yet meditation, the art of setting your mind on truth, was practiced and commanded throughout Scripture. And the Lord gave clear instruction on what the Israelites should focus on in their daily lives. Here it is. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. That's Deuteronomy 6, 6-9. I love that. Frontlets between your eyes. Here's another one. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Get that. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. That's Joshua 1 8. And what about Psalm 1 verses 2 and 3? It talks about the godly man that his delight is in the law of the Lord, and here it is again, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. Isn't that great? Our leaf does not have to wither. The man who meditates, or woman who meditates on God's truth, will thrive and not wither. He will stand and can face whatever comes with a strangely supernatural optimism and confidence. That's right. It's strange because it's so foreign to those who are driven by their circumstances to consider that they can shape their thinking. 
It's supernatural because because it is through the power of the Holy Spirit that we can master our minds. This again brings us back to Paul and his pattern in the New Testament. We are inundated with the thinking and philosophies of others, repackaged arguments that fill our minds like Oreo cookies that make us sick to our spiritual stomachs. That's why so many are falling. Most accept what is not true and then set their minds on those things. It's no wonder there's so much falling and so much confusion and despair. And the truth needs to be meditated on. It's a simple concept and it's so biblical. We need to be filling our minds consistently with truth rather than the Oreos. John Flavel writes that we should tie up the the loose ends and vain thoughts to a constant and serious attendance upon them. This will cost us something. The Christian needs to be an individual who gets in the Word, who studies the Word, who thinks hard about the truths. But it can't stop there. That's just the trigger to begin to fix his mind on truths throughout his day so that the truth will fill his mind and lift him up and make him stand. Truths such as grace and the love of God towards man, the cross of Jesus Christ and his resurrection, the hope of heaven, and every single thing that we enjoy daily that should flood our hearts with thankfulness. The mind fixed on those things cannot help but be lifted up. It's time to prepare your mind for action from 1 Peter 1.13. Peter goes on to call us to be sober-minded, setting our hope fully on the grace that is to be revealed. That's it, choosing to set our mind fully, making the choice to be committed to that practice on a moment-by-moment basis and becoming biblically mindful throughout the day. This process of controlling our minds and deciding what to focus on can become unconscious once we apply ourselves to it. It may seem difficult at first, but with time and consistency, it will become the new pattern in your thinking. That's right. It's a lot of work when you start, but it becomes a second nature as you work at it. It's just like a driver on a freeway. They unconsciously keep their car between the lines in their lane due to their years of driving. A new driver doesn't find it easy, but it becomes habit over time. If he lets go of the wheel, he quickly finds himself in an accident or in a ditch. It's only after that constant attentiveness that he is able to keep in the safe place. And again, it becomes habit over time. This is exactly the practice that we need to develop with our mind, keeping our thinking between the lines on the path of truth and in doing so, avoiding the pitfalls. We need to control our minds in order to be effective in life and not wallow in the hardships of 2020. Another example is a soldier who, in the same way, is able to face danger and the stress of battle because his mind is trained and disciplined to focus consistently on the right things, on what he needs to do. That disciplined mind helps him to be successful. These are just two examples of this concept of meditation and controlling the mind so that one can be an effective Christian. In order to live the life that God has for us, we must make better choices about what we ruminate on. So your homework, should you choose to accept it, is to discuss a couple of things that you should set your mind on, and maybe more than a couple of things. There's God's Word, there's things that we're thankful for, and other truths 
are things that you need to fill your mind so that you can thrive and be effective in the here and now. You need to write those things out and keep them on a a card or a piece of paper near you during the day. Put them in your pocket. And when you begin to feel discouraged, pull out that list and remind yourself of those things so that you can refocus your mind. Well, let me pray. Father, I pray for uh, so many that are struggling right now, and I pray that you would help us as we have looked at this issue of meditation, of deciding what we're going to think about, of girding up our the loins of our mind, that you would help us to have developed the discipline of uh, controlling our mind, of setting it on certain things, uh, Lord, and through that, that you would help us to see the fruit of that in our lives, that we would be like that man in Psalm 1, that meditates on the truth and your word day and night. And as a result, that we're able to be successful. And I just ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, again, thanks for joining us. Uh, The next episodes, we will begin to apply this practice of our mind in areas of faith, hope, and love. Uh, These three areas that Paul writes about so often in his letters that give us a a place to set our minds and enable us to do more than endure in 2020. So we'd encourage you, if you've enjoyed and are encouraged by this podcast, take a minute right now to share it with somebody or or post it on your Facebook with the link. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach us by email at marriedbydesign01 at gmail.com. Until next week, we'll be praying that God will use his word to refresh your mind and your heart. And we'll see you next time on Married by Design.